Fleetway Incorporated is a reliable and speedy courier. They only employ the best ex-highwaymen and former pirates, so you know your precious cargo is in safe hands. With the region's largest stable of Pegasi, next day delivery is almost guaranteed. Extra charges apply for deliveries free of Pegasus dung. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello and indeed a fourth hello and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me is... Peace Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ, I am, as ever, extremely pleased to be here, but I am a little distraught by this dreadful break from tradition. Which one? The fourth hello. It's uh, just unacceptable. I, I would, I'll brook no repeats. revolutionary. It's certainly an idea. Evolutionary. So you're going for the fourth edition of Hello. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, did, I, liked it, I liked the third one better. Well, <laughs> you know, it's our 49th podcast, and 49 is. is a memorable memorable date. It is. It is. Um, Seven so, sevens. Yeah. yeah. So next week's our 50th podcast. <gasps> bum, bum, Actually, bum. that's not entirely true, because we did an episode zero. That's true. So today's actually our 50th episode. Yes. But it's episode 49. Yes. But it's next week we're going to be kind of celebrating that with, um, with a couple 50, of special guests. Episode 50, which will be our 51st. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That'll be exciting, won't it? It will be very It'll exciting. Be very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Right then. Yes. How's your week been? How's my week been? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah it's been pretty good, actually. I'm continuing my one-man epic quest to bring role-playing to the good people of Hampshire. Whether they want it or not. Um, <laughs> and this includes things like... What? Is this forced role-playing? <laughs> You're not abducting people off the streets and forcing them to play D&D, are you? Kinky. Uh, no, no, I'm not. That's a weird fetish, yeah. Consensual role-play only, thank you very much. You're not making the say better. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's a friend of mine who has come up with a brilliant idea for an indoor live-action role-playing game. It's not Vampire, and that was all I needed to know to be sold on the matter, so I'm looking forward to getting that up and off the ground. Okay. Uh, and also, I am working on a what's called a West Marches-style game. Ooh! Yes, yes, it's very exciting. Um, it's all just flowing together. There's so many resources on the internet that you could just mm. steal, uh, use. Is this to be run at your club or on a separate night? Uh, oh, well, this is hopefully to be run... It can be around the club, but I'm actually hoping to do it on different days of the week. Yeah. The idea behind the West March is being that you have people, busy adults, get their schedules together and say, we can all do it at this sort of time. And they do a sort of a one-off game. Mm. And uh, it's exploration. But this one-off game then feed, feeds back into a greater world. So you could have like one person who's super keen play with lots of different groups and go mm. around and other stuff. And if you are like got less time for role-playing, but you still want to, then yeah, you can absolutely hop in. So you're doing TND fifth edition for that. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be. It sounds gonna be, fun. Yeah. Well, um, it's getting random tables, but I'm chomping at the bit, ready to get this thing going. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be uh, June because I've got like a lot of stuff on before then. But yeah, once that hits, then um, yeah. So after UK Games Expo. Yes, after UK Games Expo. Which we will both be at, by the way. Yes. That's going to be is, exciting. When is that? It, that's not this weekend. It's the weekend after. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bank holiday. It's in two weeks. Two yes. weeks. Well, in two weeks, it would have just been. Yes. Yes. 
So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Mm, mm. It's mm. going to be quite massive. Do you know what I seem to have been doing this week? Mm, is it getting ready for UK Games Expo? Well, partly that, but also yeah. answering the door to the uh, postman, actually, post lady, uh, yes. frequently. Your mail carrier? My mail carrier, yes. Your female mail carrier? Yeah. What? what, what? That's, that's, the America, that's what the Americans call them, isn't it? Yeah, mail, what do we call them? Do we call them that as well? Posty. Post, just posty, yeah. 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 Anyway... Um, so things have been arriving, yes. and uh, so I thought I'd show you these wonderful things I've got. Uh, so item number one, which I'm very, very grateful yes. to um, long-time friend of the show, yes. Shane Stacks, ah, who yes, very, yes. very kindly, yes. because this, this object I've wanted for a while, yes. it is available on Amazon US yes. for about $20. Oh, and on a special sort of day, you can probably get it for like $12 or something. Oh, nice, yeah. yeah. Guess how much it is on Amazon UK? Oh, twenty dollars. So I don't know, fifteen, twenty quid. Forty pounds. Forty pounds for our American listeners. So you're talking sort of like approaching fifty dollars for the D and D Stranger Things starter set. Okay. Wow. So so originally. What? I, I, I sort of complained a little on Twitter that Amazon kept sending... Because I pre-ordered it ages ago. Yeah, yeah. And Amazon kept sending me um, emails saying, oh, we're sorry, we're having trouble getting hold of your order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The new estimated delivery date is now mid-May. It is now yeah, yeah. end of May. And then it got to oh. mid-June. At which point I was like, what is going on here? Ridiculous. And then Shane said, look, if you want, I'll just buy you one and post it. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Thank you, Shane. That's very, very kind. And so here it is. It has arrived safely. And um, I thought we could have a quick look at it. Yeah, let's. A bit of podcast unboxing. Ooh. We have to be super quick because we've got so much news to do this week. Yes, but I mean, I'm already loving the fact I'm trying to, it's I'm got... trying to open it quietly without making horrible noises on the microphone. Oh, yeah, there we go. So we got, we got, you open up the box here. I, I'm, I'm loving the fact it already looks pre-aged. Oh, it's got demogorgons. It has two demogorgons, two one demogorgons. painted, one non-painted. I see. So let me extract the painted one. When I say painted, it's literally just a bit inside its mouth. Yeah. It's just oh. painted red. Yeah, it's... Right, so, sort of resin. So we've got two of those. And that's a Stranger Things Demogorgon, of course, not a D&D game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got a set of dice there, which, you know... It, it's, it's definitely it's, it's, it's a starter set, so, you know, you'd yeah. expect that. It's dice. a big box with a lot of empty space in it. Yes. And the reason the reason they do that is, A, it gives them bigger shelf space, makes it more visible on the shelf in a in a toy shop. Okay. This is where this sort of thing is going to be mm. found, like Target and all that sort of places. Mm-hmm. Toys R Us, if that was still around. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, the idea is you put your own stuff in there as well. Ah, as you accumulate it. Yeah. So we get a starter set rule book, yep. not vastly dissimilar to the um, uh, Lost Minds of Fandelva one. Yep, yep. So, you know, that's all very... Basic ability checks, same throws, attack yeah, rolls. Except all the art and stuff is all... Um, mm. It's all sort of pre-aged. Yeah, it's just it's all Stranger that, Things art and stuff. It's got that fantastic 80s vibe to it. Uh, yeah, yeah so, so a similar start. But then we get this adventure. So instead of Lost Minds of Fandelver, yes. this one has the Hunt for the Thessal Hydra, Ooh. a D&D campaign by Mike Wheeler. And Mike Wheeler, of course, is one of the characters in Stranger Things. Yes. And so you get this thing, and it's done in a sort of fake handwriting inside, like it's a, uh, oh, a like 1980s school notebook. Yes. Homework yes. book sort of thing. Yeah. So his sketches and his... It's just, very, very tidy, though. I don't, I don't yeah. believe his writing is that tidy. Oh, well, yeah. yeah certainly, it would have a certain more nice, nice spider inky feet. Yeah, thing. so there we go. So, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a nice little um, little adventure there. It's, um, how many pages long is it? it? Hasn't got page numbers. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's probably about 
any ideas what sort of level it's going to go to? Oh, what's the starter set? So it's going to be the fourth pre- level. Yeah. There we go. So yeah, that's, uh, that looks about right for that. Got some interesting stuff. Going to be some fairly old school D and D. Yeah, it's going to be, and then you got some character sheets as well, obviously. Yeah, uh, and we were hoping for the. Uh, we've got a variety of them, including starting at level three. Yeah, so these presumably are the uh, the um, PCs that the characters in Stranger Things were playing. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I assume. Oh, I yeah. mean, uh, the show doesn't really go into detail about um, the characters they're playing. Yeah, I think we've also seen previously. Um, character sheets for the actual characters but yeah okay so we've got a bard a cleric paladin yeah uh, a ranger so it's all because in, in Stranger Things obviously it's set in the 80s so they're playing yeah. AD&D first edition yes um, obviously this is this D&D is not. fifth edition yeah, yeah. absolutely so it's, it's not the exact same game they're playing in the show then again they play the game in the show wrong anyway so they make a hit roll for a fireball don't they oh damn me shocking in one of the first scenes of the show yes Anyway, so, anyway, that's, that's the Stranger Things starter set. Thank you very much, Shane, for sending that over. Yes, very pretty. Yes. Um, although I did have to pay a customs charge on it as well, which is mildly annoying. Mm. Then I have got here... I noticed it's made in China, so that will become relevant. Is it? Yes, yeah. yes. Made in China. That, that may become relevant later on in the yeah. news section. Who can say? I thought all Wizard of the Coast stuff was done in the US. Oh, who knew? Oh, okay. Well... That's what it says in the box. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Heroes of Baldur's Gate. Uh, Heroes of Baldur's uh, Gate, even. I'll say yes. that a bit more clearly, because I rushed that out a bit. Yes. Heroes of Baldur's Gate. Yes, the new enunciated version. Yes, the newly enunciated version. Um, so this comes from um, the same guys that are doing Odyssey of the Dragon Lords, that Greek-inspired D&D Kickstarter. Oh, yes, yes, those Bioware people, you said. Yeah, the people yeah, from yeah. Bioware. So mm-hmm. this is totally separate to that, though, not yeah. connected to it. So they're doing, nice. that, they're doing that, but they also released this book mm. called Heroes of Baldur's Gate, yeah. The D and D fifth edition, mm. and it's a you know it's a big thick hardback book. It's mm. uh, what is it? It is hundred and sixty odd pages. <sighs> Certainly, it's an it's got an actual adventure in here where there may have been spoilers for the original Baldur's Gate in there. Of Baldur's Gate, yeah. Well, Baldur's Gate is um, I I, I kind of think if you, you think you probably want to put your face close to the microphone, I feel that may help you out. Yeah, I think if you think of um, Waterdeep as being Metropolis. Baldur's Gate's kind of <laughs> Gotham City. Does that make sense? Anyway. So, that was here yeah. with Baldur's Gate. Mm, it was um, good. There's you... no, it seems to be purely a book for DMs, which is, you know... Yeah, okay. yeah well, it's, got, it's got, I think, um, yeah, lots of maps of Baldur's Gate. And the Sword Coast in general, I assume. Uh, I, think it? It, I think it focuses a bit more on Baldur's oh, Gate okay. specifically. Strictly Baldur's Gate. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, it's got an adventure in there. No. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it is, it, is, it is a big adventure, basically. Yeah, um, yeah looks fun. I mean, if, yeah, I, I think Baldur's Gate's probably more to my taste than Waterdeep. Waterdeep's a bit too shiny for me, yeah, a bit too yeah. colourful. Yeah. Uh, Baldur's happy. Gate's a bit, a bit grimier, a bit, yeah. you know. Mm-mm-mm. One of the things that caught my eye when we were having a look at earlier is it's got, like, various characters and heroes. Mm. So you've got um, Corrin Dynahair, that uh, well-known cleric, Imowen, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. It's got all the, all the, I think it's got all of the characters from the video games. Oh, goodness. Challenge rating seven. Check you out, Imowen. Um, and we've got Jahira. Yep. Who's... And we've got Minsk and Boo. Ah, oh, well, it's Khalid. Minsk! 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 Minsk. Challenge seven. He frequently asks his hamster Boo for advice and encourages us to do the same. Many of his best ideas seem to come from the rodent. There's no stats for Boo. Well, that's because that's this guy's a fighter. Apparently, 
Oh, right. Based off a fighter. If I turn over the page, Boo hasn't got a page of his own, has he? No, damn it. Oh, we've got, we've got Zan. It's like, oh no, but there, there's Boo. There's on Boo his on shoulder. his shoulder. Yeah. Oh. Go for the eyes, Boo. Oh, well, there we go. Um, sad times, man. Sad times. Yes. Um, and Boo, Boo, Boo would just be OP, though. So, to be fair, you know. True, true. You don't want, uh, like, you know, it's got the special attack, go for the eyes. Mm. And that's it, mate. It's all over. It is, it yeah. is. So one last thing arrived. Yeah. And this was something that I'd ordered from DM's Guild. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because despite the fact that I've got an awful lot of um, older role-playing stuff upstairs, yes. what I haven't got anything of is yes. Spelljammer. What? I don't know why. Um, I just never really, like back in the second edition days, never really did. I, I mean, it's not like I had anything against it. I just never really... Picked it up. Yeah, picked up yeah. Spelljammer. Um, so I decided oh. I would treat myself and pick up this yeah. uh, hard co- hardcover Spelljammer. It's print on demand. Yeah. And it scans of the original inside. Mm-hmm. So quality-wise, you know, it's what you'd expect from that. Yeah. And this is essentially basically the old Spelljammer box set compiled into... A nice hardback book. Yeah. yeah. Including oh, okay. the uh, sort of monstrous compendium and all this sort of stuff. Mm. All just kind of crammed in there into one nice big hardback book. So, well, I, bet, I bet you could do something nice with that with 5th uh, edition if you wanted. Uh, yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or you could play it in 2nd edition if you wanted. Yeah, indeed. I don't know. Would you want to do that? Uh, I'd probably not want to play it in 2nd edition, <laughs> I'll be honest, because I'd have to learn all the 2nd edition rules. They're not that different. Uh, well, I think that's part of the uh, thing that makes it so exciting. And um, Oh, you want to weigh this one, do you? You, 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 you appear to be turning on the scales. I am turning on the scales. All right, all right. We yeah. can oh, oh, wait, 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 sorry. it. Wait, no, 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 sorry. Set to zero. That's it, set zero. Wait. Wow, it's a heavy one. Yeah. Rocking in at 1.17 kilos. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. Which is uh, two pounds, nine ounces and a quarter. Wow. That's uh, like twice the value of the uh, uh, Borderscape book right there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay. It it looks very exciting. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, should we get on with the news? Yes, yes, let's get on with the news. Okay. News! News. It's the news at three. Yes. Three o'clock. Okay, then. The first item of news. Yes. Um, So I just want to say up front, this is going to be a very news-heavy podcast. Yes. And as our listeners will no doubt be aware, there's lots and lots of big D&D news. They actually got around to telling us something. Yeah, um, we're wow. gonna we're gonna stick that in on the second half of the podcast and yes. sort of z- zero in on that and spend some time with that. So the news we're yes. doing now is just the general news, yes. and then if you want all the D and D news from the the big announcements over the weekend, yeah, um, that'll be a little bit later in the podcast. Yes, after guest Carter and sketch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah be, it's basically going to be our topic of the week. Woo. But our topic of the week this week is going to be an extended news section. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. Does yeah. It? Yes. Yeah, okay. Fine. Okay. Okay then. So on with the uh, other other news. The other news. The yes. other news. So um, uh, Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned it was either last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. The plagiarism scandal mm. in which they have been enveloped. Yes. Um, so um, they were accused of plagiarizing a D and D adventure. Yes. It seems pretty clear that the two adventures are very, very, very similar, like almost word for word. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't that think there's an awful lot of doubt about it. It's like the same same adventure, you just change the names. It's like yeah. super bad. So what you think they'd probably do is um, they'd issue an apology, you'd probably expect, wouldn't you? 
what having been caught doing something wrong. Yeah. Even unintentionally, like giving yeah. them the full benefit of the doubt. And yes, I'd expect them to say yeah. well, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is what they said. You, 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 give, you, give, you can give it marks out of 10 okay. for quality of apology. Right. Listen carefully for the apology. <laughs> I, I, I'm beginning to see where this is going. Are you ready? This is, this is it. I'm listening. We have pulled a previously shared ESO tabletop RPG adventure while we investigate the source. Thank you to those who reached out with concerns. Thanks again to everyone who highlighted the issue of alleged plagiarism mm. in reaction uh, in relation to the ESO elsewhere tabletop RPG promotion. Our intention had been to create and give away a unique elsewhere. I don't know if I'm pronouncing elsewhere correctly, by the way. Um, inspired scenario that could be played within any popular tabletop RPG rule set, well, like Traveller. Uh, We requested that an original scenario be created and we are investigated why this does not appear to be the case. We have removed all assets relating to this and ask in respect to the creator of the original scenario that it should not be circulated. Lastly, to avoid any confusion, please note that there is no correlation between this scenario and anything that will eventually appear within the video game. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that as an apology? I think Mark it's it out of ten. Oh, um, I'm going to have to say it's a non-apology uh, because at no point did I actually say sorry. <laughs> yes, there's no apology in there whatsoever. Is yeah, it? Uh, it's basically sounds like some lawyer weasel foo because they've looked at it and they're like, well, this is basically the same thing, and now they're like trying to work out who's to blame. So I imagine there's a certain game, the certain amount of hot potato going on in the Bioware offices. But it sort of changes because they're like, well, yeah, we we don't know it's exactly the same, mm-hmm. despite the evidence of people with eyes and both PDFs put in front of them. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, uh, but then they sort of by the end of the thing, they've switched around to saying, well, yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're looking into it and it won't happen again, and it like the resulting like actual adventure won't be anything like this one. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? They're, they're basically saying, yeah, we did it. But maybe there'll be maybe there'll be another another apology forthcoming uh, when when they've determined that it was in fact plagiarism and not a, an incredible coincidence. I, I should imagine there's a lot of weaseling going on right now. <laughs> Reckon somebody's lost their job. Uh, well, I think people are trying to avoid losing their jobs. <laughs> uh, it's just like you know, who it, it's all political hot potato and the people are managers are going around playing politics, uh, trying to play pin the blame on the uh, unfortunate donkey. Oh. Well, would you like to switch from that little bit of bad news yep. onto a bit of good news? I would love to. Let's do it. Well, you can't because there's another bit of bad news. Hey! Wait, <laughs> no. What? <laughs> so, uh, do you get all of your RPGs printed in China, Peter? I, despite earlier knowing about Made in China for the Strange Things box set, I, because that was written inside the box, I don't know where they come from. Mm. They just magically appear. Yes, there is magic, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that news I, That's that new segment over. Oh, oh, it's well, just it's... magic. <laughs> yeah, so what's actually yeah. happening is uh, the US yeah. has announced that there's going mm. to be uh, tariffs um, of up to 25% on mm. imports from China, including yes. board, ca- board, card, miniature, and role-playing games Comics and graphic novels and toys. I see. So what happens is if your if your game is printed in China yeah. and then is shipped to the US, that's when those tariffs will kick in. Right. Uh, if uh, if your game is printed in China and shipped to Europe, obviously it won't. Or yeah. if it's printed in Europe and shipped to the US, it won't. But mm. on, on, 
quite a lot of because because their prices to print and stuff yeah. are so cheap in China. Quite a lot of RPG companies and board game companies and toy mat and all sorts of yeah, all sorts of people. Yes. Um, get I, I don't think the fact that China is a major manufacturer is going to be news to anyone okay. listening to well, this podcast. You know, just... If it is. Excellent news. Can't, can't, can't assume. Can't assume. <laughs> well, if you make an assumption, you make an ass out of your assumption. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's not quite as bad as you think. Because, no. Um, well, because because the tariff isn't on the. Um, it's not. It's not in the books yet, is it? It's still a potential tariff. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's actually been. Um, it was going to kick in towards the end of July, right? I, I believe, but it's actually been postponed by another few weeks now. Okay, um, making it a little later, so it won't affect anything that you're buying before around about August, September, anyway. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Um. But it's not. It's not quite. It's not. Doesn't mean that the stuff you're buying is going to cost twenty five percent more though. Okay. Because the tariff isn't on how much it's sold for in the US. It's right. how much it's it's made for in in China. Huh. So say it costs you, I don't know, say a board game, right. for example. It costs you $8 to make it in China. Yeah. And then it costs you another, I don't know, $5 to ship it to the US. Yeah. So you're talking like $13. A few you- other incidental bits. Say, say it's $15. Okay. And then you're selling it for, say, $50 in the US. Right. It's the $15 yeah. that the uh, tariff percentage applies to, not the... Not the $50. Okay, so if it was $16 base price, then that would be $20. Um, new price, including the tariff. So you'd be adding an extra $4 sort yeah. of thing, yeah. So we might see game prices rise by, in the case of a $50 game, maybe 10%, or I don't know. Um, I don't think the margins in publishing are that good. Well, I think places, places like um, Wizards of the Coast and larger people can probably afford to just eat those, eat that. They're not going to like it, but they could. No, yeah. but on the on the scales that they're producing, yeah, um, they're they're paying what a couple of dollars or less mm-hmm. per book. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so the, so twenty five percent on that is going to be an extra fifty cents or so. Right, right. You know, it's not. Well, it's not much, and and, yeah. and they're selling them for forty odd dollars. Yes, yeah. You well. know, I th- I think they can probably afford to absorb that. Yeah. So so in fact, it will be these smaller publishers that uh, catch mm. in the shorts. Marvelous, marvelous. Yeah, not great news, but there we go. I mean, I'll, I'll be fine because I print in Lithuania. Really? So it won't affect me. Okay. Um, there is a D&D art documentary. Oh. It's called Eye of the Beholder. And it <sighs> is... Okay, so, sorry. <laughs> it is available on various streaming services, um, like, you know, iTunes and Amazon Video and all that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, it's actually out. It's not it's Kickstarter. Out. It's Marvelous. out. It's out. Yeah. Um, the Art of Dungeons and Dragons. It's a documentary. Yes. And it just looks like, like the history and the stories behind all the sort of amazing artwork over the decades mm-hmm. in D&D. Yeah. Um, I've seen the trailer. I haven't watched the actual thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the trailer actually looks quite interesting. I'm probably going to I'm probably gonna check out the actual whole thing when I've got a spare. Okay. Well, yeah. now Game of Thrones is finished. I've got, I've got more more time. Well, we'll have to uh, give that a look. Yes. Okay. We've got some stats. Uh, statistics? Yes. Statistics, oh, statistics. say the same thing so that all the stats always say. How oh. popular is D&D? Massively popular. <laughs> yes. Um, so the latest usage stats for Fantasy Grounds are in. Ooh. Uh, this is from quarter one, 2018. Yep. Through to quarter one, 2019. So an entire year. Indeed, yes. And, um, yeah, uh, D&D is up again. Yes. It's now at 69% of the market. 
Right. 69% of games played on Fantasy Grounds are... D&D. D&D. Fifth edition, specifically. Fifth edition. Yes. And there yeah. are other editions which also have fairly sizable chunks as well. Yes. But um, fifth edition, 69%. Yeah. Uh, Pathfinder has dropped from 12% to 9%. Ooh, okay. I don't think that's um, I don't think that's surprising, though, given a, the edition change coming up. Now, now, the question is, are there being more games played? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so, the, whole, the whole thing's grown as well. So, so the amount of... Uh, so it might not actually have dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like in proportion yes. to the game. So it's yeah, not absolutely. increasing popularity. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Savage Worlds has dropped to nearly 2%. Um, it's dropped down to uh, 4%. It was at 6 Okay. So that's that's had a bit of a plunge there, unfortunately. But but again, it... Well, what, what, but that's if, relative numbers. If, not the, ab- not, if the market is increasing, yeah. then yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so there's just some basic stats there. Mm. Um, there was a new revised artificer oh yes yes over okay. on Unearthed Arcana over on oh. Wizards of the Coast website oh yes yes I, I was in a game with uh, somebody playing one of those oh yeah well the new one or uh, well not well not the new one if it's just been released it was, <laughs> but, it was, but it was, was last week sometime but. yeah this was like um, like about two months ago or oh, something oh definitely not then no, yeah no. yeah they released uh, the artificer because they're trying to make that a thing uh, and yeah it was alright you had like a little droid following mm. them around yeah, uh, that came in Zap things. Yeah. It worked quite well in an Eberron game. I just sure, yeah. Not oh, you're playing an Eberron game, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was. Uh, the season has passed. Now I'm in Stars Without Number. What, just just before the Eberron hardcover book was announced. Um, well, it's only like six weeks. So uh-huh. so it was okay. about three weeks ago we finished playing, um, and we'd definitely love to come back. Which is part of the reason why I'm doing a sort of a West Marches game, uh, looking to import. All those D and D characters, which have been in short games, mm. so they can then plunge into this. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the artificer. Yes. Um, this one has a couple of new subclasses. Ooh. Uh, they are the archivist and the battlesmith. Okay. Uh, a revised spell list, which includes spells from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, some new infusions. Okay. Um, the enhanced wand, repeating shot, and repulsion shield. Okay. Django has that spell, Repulsion Shield. He definitely does. <laughs> that, <laughs> Thank you, Django. That toxic cloud is... <laughs> but your dog's just an innate spellcaster. Yeah. Um, but the... It, well, it sounds like much the same as previously. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's a revision of the same class. Oh, yeah. It, it, but it, it's an iteration rather than a... Is the previous stuff now just no good? Well, it's all playtest material anyway. Yeah, okay. none, yeah, of yeah. It, none of this is... Yeah. Official, so yeah. Yeah. It's what well, you make of it, I suppose. Depends what, depends what you mean by official, but... Ah, well, not playtest material, generally speaking. Okay. <sighs> Would you like to hear some Warhammer news? Oh, God, no. I've got two bits of Warhammer news. <gasps> two, two bits two. of Warhammer news. Multiple yes. Warhammer newses. I see. Yes. An embarrassment. Uh, yes. I'd be embarrassed if I had so much Warhammer news, which I do. Yes. So I'm embarrassed. Oh, well, this is my embarrassed face. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Anyway, <laughs> so, so the first bit of Warhammer news yes. is mm-hmm. Cubicle 7's Age of Sigma RPG yes. now has a yes. title. Ah, it's not Age of Sigma it RPG. It is not. It's called Soulbound. I think I like Age of Sigma RPG better. Ah, oh, well, <laughs> tough. When, when, when you get a copy, you can scribble off the name and write your own name on there if you like. Uh, could do. You could do. Uh, Are you not going to do that then? No. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, uh, and hasn't there also been a bit of news about 
Um, Ulysses, Spiel. Yeah, we'll get into that. Get into that. I'm okay, still, still yes. on this though. Okay, um, yes. uh, also, um, this one has been uh, delayed. Delayed. Yes. Oh. Um, it was going to be late 2019. Right. It's now been moved to spring 2020. Oof. Well, I'm sure it will be exciting and brilliant when it comes out. Um, I'm sure it will. With the extra time, they'll have made it perfect. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, uh, as, as you were literally just saying, mm. we noticed a couple of weeks ago that uh, Warhammer 40k Wrath and Glory yes. had disappeared yeah. mysteriously Oof. from Ulysses North America's website. Yes. And we were all like, ooh, where's it gone? Where did the game we go? We were awfully confused. Yes. We know not where it had gone. Yes. And then it was gone for a while. And yes. then it yes. disappeared off drive through RPG bum, bum, as bum. well. Yes. And everyone was even more, oh my God, where's it gone? We were all confuzzled. And then it popped up. And guess yes. where it popped up? Ooh, I could guess, but I know the answer. Go on, make a guess then. What's, what's your answer? Well, my answer would be cubicle seven. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so Cubicle 7 announced that they are now taking over yes. the game. Excellent. So I ah. don't know what the background to this is. Yeah. Uh, only that Ulysses, North America are out. Yeah. Cubicle 7 are in. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual game is getting a slight um, revision and reprinting. Yes. Um, because I, I believe there were some complaints about... There were parts of it missing, I'm informed. And there was there was a few, some editing snafus and yes. stuff like that. Mm. So I think uh, Cubicle 7 are dealing with that. Yep. So uh, there's going to be a reprinting. Not So it's not a totally new game. It's the same. Well, well that's theory. So, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting that Games Workshop, yes. because they did um, something similar with um, Fantasy Flight Games stuff that was licensed in Games Workshop. And when mm. another company got the, got the license, the stuff that Fantasy Flight Games had made yes. was transferred over to them, and that company started selling it. Oh. So... It'd be, it would be like, you know, my Judge Dread book, if Rebellion yes. came along and said, um, we are taking that book and we are giving it to some other company and they're going to sell it now. Medifius. Yeah, for example. <laughs> Medifius sell everything in the world, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, no, it's, it's just like, you know, I've, I've never seen a license that does that, but it seems that Games Workshop's licensing terms right. allow them to do that. Wow, okay. It's, so, quite, it's quite harsh. Yeah, it's like, so... I, we can only hope there's some sort of pay off um, either that or just get better lawyers uh, Games who Workshop knows, who knows? Well, Games Workshop are big though aren't they yeah, yeah. and uh, they uh, yeah I think they're probably quite strict they, they, they like to lawyer up as well don't they they are famously litigious although I think Spots the Space Marine has proved that there are limits <laughs> to exactly how far they can go yeah good little online case you'll have yeah, yeah. Uh, what else is there oh, oh, what else is there huh. There was a. Did you know that in 1994, which was your, which is your favourite edition of D and D that's not fifth edition? If you had to pick one, as in produced by Wizards of the Coast, just your favourite edition of D and D. Is it official? Uh, well, I'm very partial to Thirteenth Age. Uh, no, but actually D and D called D and D. Okay, so yeah. Um, well, I tried Third Ed. I even tried running some games and didn't like it, so I guess I'd have to say forfeit. Okay. Well, how about this one? This 1994 Japanese version of D&D. Oh. Look at that. Goodness. Oh, I mean, it like just looks completely mangas. different, doesn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. the art style and everything, and obviously it's all done with, um, oh, yeah, yeah. with Japanese writing and stuff like that, kanji and stuff. Well, well, well yeah, traditionally when selling... <laughs> 
things to Japanese people. It's best yeah. to write the stuff they can read. But yeah, but this came out in 1994. Oh, uh, okay. And it looks, it's basically yeah. a completely different book, it looks like, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, certainly any of our Japanese uh, reading listeners, uh, we would be delighted to know what you're, who are familiar yeah, with this. Yeah, this definitely, you, um, you have to see it to yeah. get the sense of what we're talking about. So we'll stick a link in the show notes for that. Yeah, they're quite, quite pretty, like little manga covers. And then we've got like a sort of a double page spread, the traditional, these are what various races look like. And um, the elves are looking very American, uh, absolutely straight blonde hair, big, well, they've got the big sticky out here, so I suppose that's less American than anything. And then are you we, saying Americans don't have big sticky ideas? Well, yeah, Daryl accepted. I thought, I thought all Americans had pointed ears. Well, hang on, so we've got... How else would you tell they're Americans if they didn't have pointed ears? That's an excellent question. I mean, that's I'll... how I identify Americans. So my question here is, it's clearly supposed to be like a male and female of each different, like, um, species. So those are clearly dwarves, those are clearly elves. Yes. Are the rest all humans? Because they're way too tall to be halflings. Uh, they, may, they, they might not be races, they might be classes. Mm, I hear what you're saying, but just how they're dressed. They could be classes. They could be classes. Or it's hard to tell because it's all written in Japanese. That is. That's, that's, that's <laughs> part of the fan of us. It's like you've got those people in like a red and green I'm, I'm going to guess they're classes rather than races. Yeah. Although some of them are, they're obviously both elves, but, um, and they're obviously no. both dwarves. Yeah, that's where I'm, maybe that's where I'm confused. Who knows? So maybe those people there are clerics and I don't know. But where's the fighters? Maybe those are monks. Who can say? Well, maybe they're fighters. they're fighters there. Okay. Yeah. So these would be bards then. I suppose. Well, I'm, I'm just basing it entirely on, like, how big and frilly their clothes are. Yeah. And those are the lesser-known... Pirates. <laughs> rogues. Rogues, that's what they are. I guess so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But well, I'm, I'm sure for all our listeners at home, you're, like, going, well, that was informative. Thanks, guys. And then, honestly, it's, like, really interesting. Mm. So, uh, we digress. Yeah. On with the news. Uh, the Expanse RPG. Yeah. <gasps> Is now opened for pre-orders. Ooh. So the Kickstarter ended last year. The yep. hardcovers are on their way out to backers, yep. I believe, and I am one of those backers, so I'm expecting a knock at the door at any time, and it'll uh-huh. either be my Expanse book, yes, or I don't know the tax mat or something. A bill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Process papers. <laughs> Yay! Sorry, I should make jokes like that for small for the show. We got we got our taxes done in time this year, just about. It was a, uh, bit, of, it was a bit of a rush because yes. uh, I had because I had my new publishing assistant, yes, um, Jessica, who had to do it. Ah, congratulations! She Jessica. got to spend two weeks going through all the accounts and doing all the taxes, which is such fun. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, the Expanse RPG, yes. Now available for pre-order. Yes. So if you want a copy of that, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes and you can pop along and order yourself a copy. It's from Green Ronin, based on the books from which the TV series was made. And remind me, is that using one of the age systems? Yeah. 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 Adventure Game Engine. Adventure Game Engine. Yes. Right, right, right. Um, You can get the PDF now, I believe. If you want to just get the PDF, you can grab Mm. it now. If you want the hardcover, pre-order it. Mm -mm -mm. Exciting. Yes. Uh, what else do we have in the news? Ooh, did, did you see that? No. Okay. What do you reckon the most popular D&D character name is? Mm. And this is serious. Brenor Battlehammer. <laughs> so this is another one of D&D Beyond's data dumps. Oh, okay. Go so on. they have taken all the names that people use for their characters and they've spat out the most common ones. Is it Bob? 
It is Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Bob is the most common <laughs> D&D character name. And they've got the top 15 D&D player character names here. Yeah, yeah. So Bob is number one. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Varys, which is like Varys in Game of Thrones, but spelt with an I rather than a Y. Sad times. Nyx, N-Y-X. Oh, yeah, okay. I actually know someone who in real life goes by that. Okay. Luna. Okay. Ash. Mm-hmm. Jack. There. Lilith. Ooh, nice. Then Nyx, N-I-X. Ah. If you added those two Nyxes together, though, N-Y-X and N-I-X, it would be the first. Right, so Nyx or Bob. Uh, Zephyr. Strong. I've actually played a character called Zephyr. I'm feeling deeply in the original right now. Please continue. <laughs> Rogar. Okay. Wasn't that the name of the barbarian from HeroQuest? I couldn't tell you. I'm, I think so. This is a good one. I'm sure listeners Are you ready for this? Anymore. Yes. Cleric. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to go. It's like, I might as well change my name. <laughs> and the one after that is Bard. Right. Um, I think it's maybe people making examples at this well, point. Well, there was a guy called Gar- called, Gard, called Bard in The Hobbit. That is true. But I, I, I'm glad that they've got my Bard called Cleric and my Cleric called Bard. <laughs> well, look, everyone knows a perfectly good name for a Cleric is Eric. Eric the Cleric. <laughs> Eric the Cleric. Then yes. uh, Raven, Ember and Shadow. Ah, yes. That will be from the little-known goth phase of the <laughs> role-playing community. Well, I suppose when you can't go and count in sort of Ash and... Luna and no, all that no, sort of stuff. Ash, Ash, I'm going to have to say it's Pokemon. Is it? For me, yeah. I believe you. I don't yeah. know anything about Pokemons. No. Yeah. Um, well, they're, they're basically like small monsters. I don't want <laughs> to know anything about Pokemons. <laughs> ah, dear me. My I have zero to, interest in Pokemons. My inability to troll Russ with a straight face will forever be one of my sad, sad, sad things. Oh, dear. Yeah. Anything else? Yes, there's more news. More news. The One Ring. Yes. Cubicle Sevens. That's This is the third Cubicle Seven news item this week. Oh, Dominic must be thin. Thank yes, you. Yes, they appear to be just pumping them out hourly at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're doing a new edition of The One Ring. Yes. Uh, a new edition? It's The One Ring Second Edition. Okay. But <laughs> well, everyone's got to have an edition nowadays. They just don't feel cool. Well, um, the original one was just The One Ring role-playing game. This yes. one is called The One Ring Lord of the Rings role-playing game for those people who found the one ring reference far too confusing well, I don't know why who purchased the game know. and were then like well this is clearly not about small Japanese girls trapped in wells and thereby <laughs> psychically terrifying and killing people what is this what what on earth's a hobbit <laughs> well this is uh, so it's the one ring the Lord of the Rings role-playing game it's set 25 years after the defeat of Smog or Schmaug depending on who you believe Schmaug Smog. Uh, I always called it smog. I refuse to change the smog, no matter what the stupid films tell me it is. And so what then was the name of the villain of the Lord of the Rings? Um, Big Chap, Dark Tower, Big Red Eye. I've totally blanked on him. Oh! <laughs> um, Mordor. You can understand walking to Mordor. Um, what's his bloody name? Um, was it Sauron or was Sauron. it Sauron? Sauron. That, that's the thing. I, I always read it as Sauron because... How did I forget that? Why was I mind-blanking on that? I don't know, because you had something real to remember. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, Sauron, yeah. yeah. That, Sauron, no, I think though. I actually did used to say Sauron. I think the films did actually change me on that. Because yeah. I just heard it said so much yeah. that it changed me. But yeah, I think it was. I think I was Sauron up until the films. And is it Smaug or Smog? I go Smog. 
Smog. Right. Smog and Sauron as opposed to but, Smaug. But in the film, it's not, it's not even Smaug. It's Schmaug. 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 It's like Sean Connery saying it. Schmaug. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. This dragon is not ready. Anyway. Um, anyway, so the long ring. Yeah. Uh, the long ring. Do we have a point? The one ring. <laughs> the one ring. All the rings role playing games. Um, second edition. So Very it's good. coming yes. out uh, end of this year, beginning of next year. Yes. Uh, it's going to be back compatible with a lot of the first edition stuff. Okay. Which is good. So they didn't have a lot of changes to make. I, I don't know. I okay. don't know. I couldn't tell you. Um, but um, they, they, they've announced a whole line. So the line Ooh. includes uh, the core core game, which is a 350-page core rulebook. Wow, okay. All new art, maps, rules, and that sort of stuff. Sounds sweet. Uh, then we've got a starter set. Yes. Which allows you to explore the Misty Mountains. Yep. And reclaim the Horn of the Storm. Ooh. Box set. Oh. Uh, then we have a Lawmaster's screen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Fell Foes, which is a monster manual, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Minas Tirith, the Tower of the Guard, which yeah. is a guide to the city. Mm-hmm. We have got the Errant Trees of the King, which is a campaign set I, in Gondor. I, I've, I've seen the um, quarry in New Zealand where they had the uh, Minas Tirith city set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite good, actually. Yeah. Cool. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I see why it was so craggy now. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, we've got Moria, the Long Dark. Ooh, yeah. So there we go. That is, the, I think that's the last of our Cubicle 7 news for the week, though. Okay. Unless they announce something else in the next hour. Oh, well, I did notice that Modifius, yes. over the weekend, was saying that they were going to announce something at 2.30, something big <sighs> at 2.30 on Monday, and it's now 3.30. Yes. It might be, might be worth me actually checking. Yeah, let's check it out. Oh. Tabletop wargaming in the world of Tamriel. Modifius is producing yet another game. And why the hell not? <laughs> it's part of their remit, which is to publish all of the things. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, they do seem to publish a lot of stuff. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. They've uh, they've literally just announced this while we're recording. So, mm-hmm. uh, Modifius announces the Elder Scrolls Call to Arms need groups of followers on adventures inside Dwemer, Dwemer ruins, yep. Draugr-infested Nord tombs, nice. and the frozen wilderness, versus co-op and solo narrative-driven gameplay, 32mm scale miniatures. I don't think this is a role-playing game, actually. It's a tabletop war game. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, 1 to 6 heroes, 3 to 15 troops. They've got a, but I think they're also... Off, well, the thing is, they're offering dungeon delves as well. Hmm. So I think it might be a little bit like Imperial Assault, which is by Fantasy Flight. Yeah. But you can either play that has a skirmish-style war game or um, sort of a asymmetric like adventure game where you have like four heroes and hordes and hordes of stormtroopers on the other side. Okay, on with the news. Yes. Do you remember the D&D cartoon? Yes. Of the 80s? Loved it. So there's this Brazilian com- uh, ad company oh, yes, okay. um, who have made an ad for Renault. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because well, I presume Renault sell well in Brazil. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, well, um, they uh, they have used the characters from the D&D um, cartoon. Those are the characters. These are live action yes. versions of the characters. Hank the Ranger, Eric the Cavalier, yeah. Diana the Acrobat, yeah. Presto the Magician, Sheila the Thief, and Bobby the Barbarian. Yeah. And uh, they've made a car commercial oh. using them. And there you go. So they've each got a poster each as well. If you wanted to see them really close up. Oh, so cute. They're all, all spot on. I think the only thing that I would criticise is Hank's hair. It's the only thing that's off. Well, it's a bit modern and yeah. messy. But the rest of them, yeah. spot on, aren't they? 
No. And, and to be fair, looking at his hair there. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it, no, yeah. I suppose so, yeah. No, it's, that's attention to detail. It's the Cavalier, Eric the Cavalier, is, I think, the closest because they've found someone that really looks like him. Look. They've even did the ears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's quite impressive. I mean, this, 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 oh. it doesn't really make for good podcast material, but there's a trailer here. Oh, yeah. And then you just see them and the car and they're wandering around doing stuff. Okay. And yeah. apparently there's more than one trader as well, I'm told. Marvelous. I've only Marvelous. seen one. But I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. That's it, definitely a stick it in the show notes thing and let yeah. people check out. I, I am so confused why they would... I mean, the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon hasn't been on TV since... The 80s? Yeah. Wow. don't know. Maybe it's really big in uh, Brazil. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it doesn't say D&D on it anywhere. No, no. Obviously. But, well, yeah. but they are very clearly those characters. But yeah, there's no there's no mistaking that. Yeah, none, what's, none whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, oh, how's uh, your Kickstarter going? A touch more class. Well, it hasn't launched, if that's what you mean. It hasn't launched. No. Ah. Oh. It's not launched. Um, so are, are, you, are you waiting until you're less hysterically busy? Uh, no, I'm wait. Well, I'm going to wait till after UK Games Expo for definite. Yeah. But yeah. um, wait until we've got the books. As okay. we always do for our Kickstarters. Oh yes, yes. Uh, I don't launch Kickstarters until I'm physically holding a book. No, that's fair enough. But you can get a preview of it. Ooh. Twelve-page preview of yes. a Touch More class. Yes. Which gives you the Savant. Ah. The uh, the entire class, twelve pages, which is basically a fantasy Sherlock Holmes. Nice. He's like even cleverer than the wizard. Ah, that's so clever. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. clever. Um, yeah, so um, you can you can download that. Yep. And if you yeah, like the look of it, you can sign up for a mailing list, which will Ooh. be used to let you know when the Kickstarter launches. So maybe you can get in on some of the early bird stuff. Yes. Um, because also one of the things I always do is I don't launch a Kickstarter until I've got a certain number of sign-ups to a mailing list mm. so that I can have a decent launch. Oh, okay. Well, you'll be delighted to know that for this West Marches game that I'm going to be running, mm-hmm. it's Adventurous League Rules. Except you can also have classes from a touch of class and a touch more class. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hit the big time now. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you a copy if you want. Oh, a little copy, yeah. When I've got one. Yeah. The book's done electronically. Yeah. It's yeah. just a question of um, proofing and then printing it now. Yeah. Well, and well, the Kickstarter is just going to be for doing the print run. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds like the sort of thing that will be fun for people to play. Yeah. 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 So we've got um, nine new classes in that because mm, nice. the original touch of class had seven classes. Yes. Um, yeah, so, quite so. So, so, so bring it up to a total of 16, which is uh, more than doubling the existing classes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and they all come with subclasses and nice. other material yeah, and all the yeah. stuff you need to play them. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? What yeah, else do we have? I think, oh, I think this is the last bit of news now, yes. but uh, Pezo's Kingmaker, well, apart from the D&D news, but we'll yeah, do that yes, after, yes. after uh, the sketch and everything. Yeah, yes, yes. Pezo's Kingmaker. Was there D&D news? I didn't, I didn't spot any over the weekend. I think there was an announcement nah. of something, but presumably it's just <laughs> an announcement that's going to fall come. Yeah, um, we'll get on to that. But uh, Pacers yeah. Kingmaker uh, crowdfunding campaign. Yes. So you know they were doing the um, Kingmaker for Pathfinder 2nd Edition Compiled Edition? Yes. Pathfinder 2nd Edition Compiled Hardcover of Kingmaker. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. What? I know what I mean. Okay. I'm sure the listeners know what I mean. Well, they, or they might not. So they made a they, don't, they don't listen to me expecting to understand me, so... No, no that seems ambitious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> unlikely, frankly. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you listen this far, then quite frankly, 
It's entirely on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and also it had the D&D 5th edition um, bestiary Ooh. for Kingmaker nice. in the same campaign. Um, they've extended it. Yeah, extended. By another couple of weeks. Um, they say it's because they've got um, PezoCon coming up yes. and UK Games Expo, and they're going right. to be at UK Games Expo. And they kind of want to advertise it at those two events. Right. And so they've decided to extend the crowdfunding campaign across them for another two weeks. Oh, okay. Which, so like, okay. Well, well, maybe, if only they had some way of telling that these events were going to be coming out. <laughs> Who could have foreseen that PezoCon and UK Games Expo would be in their future? I don't know. <laughs> Especially PezoCon, which they actually arranged themselves, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like held in their offices or something. No, I think it's probably held at a hotel or something. I don't know. Probably not held in their offices. I don't know. It might be quite. I've never been to it because it's in Seattle in oh, America. Right. And I think the odds on me making it all the way to Seattle in America are slim because it's a bloody long way. Yeah. Hmm. Awfully long way. But how will you live your dream of a showrun cosplaying? Do you have to do that in Seattle, though? Well, if you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cosplaying doesn't always. Because like, well, you get a play, you get a play. If you're cosplaying as Batman, do you have to go to Gotham? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm a purist in this matter. <laughs> Fair enough. And um, if you're going to play as a stormtrooper, then you have to go to the Death Star. All of them. Okay then. Well, I know. I'm on board with this. Okay, that's a new rule. If you're cosplaying as anything, you have to go to the place where you are cosplaying as, even if that place is fictional. Exactly. I'm not saying that Seattle. Especially. I'm not saying to make it clear that Seattle is fictional. Are you sure? <laughs> but uh, it might be. I've uh, never... Have you ever seen me and Seattle in the same room at the same time? That's true. There you go. I've never met anyone from Seattle. I have met someone who... I've met people who claim to be from Seattle. Uh, but I wasn't in Seattle at the time, so they could have been uh, making it up. Yes. Yeah. You haven't seen people who said they're from Seattle. They could actually have been somewhere. from Totten. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Claiming to be from Seattle, putting that, on fake American accents that, and everything. That, that seems sophisticated for people from Totten. <laughs> it's a long con. I'm not sure what the, what the goal is, but that's how good it is. Indeed, indeed. Right. Uh, I think that is it for the news for this week. Oh, marvellous, marvellous. Except for the big D&D stuff, which we'll do in a bit. Okay, is everybody ready? Characters all completed? John, what's your character's name? Bob. Bob. Yes, Bob. John, mate, I put a lot of effort into this campaign. I feel like you're not reciprocating. Are you sure that's what you want to call your character? What's wrong with Bob? Well, it lacks a sense of immersion. It feels anachronistic and it just doesn't fit well with this setting. Plus, it comes across as a bit, you know, casual-like. Casual? Yeah, like... It's an afterthought, like you just scribbled down the first thing you thought of. It's not his full name, you know. Oh, oh, that sounds promising. Um, uh, should we just, you know, let's, let's use his full name then. Well, if you insist, it is quite long, so you might find it a bit hard to pronounce. Oh, anything's better than Bob. So pray tell me, what, what is uh, Bob's full name? His most excellent notability, Robert the Roundhead, 16th of his name. Sultan of the Great Plains, Baron of the Highlands, Hammer of the 18th Estate, Captain of the Twelve, Dominator of Tomorrow, and Marshal of the Void, Bringer of Justice, and the rightful heir to Frederick the Reformer, His Serene Excellency, and Custodian of Ruin. I think I'll just call him Bob. 
Ah, oh, Peter. Yes, Rose. How would you like to play our favourite game in all the world? Oh, sweet. I'll get the cards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. This is the game where yes. I read out the name of a Kickstarter. Yes. And you try and guess what it is from just the name. Just the name? Just the name. Won't that make it very hard? That's the idea. Ah. Well, it might make it very easy. Depends on how well they're named. Ah. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay, then. The first one this yes. week. So this one is called... Yes. This is by Alex White. Okay. Uh, this is called A Cool and Lonely Courage. Ooh, that's evocative. It is evocative. And I think you're going to like this one as well. Mm. If you can guess it. Well, you'll like it even if you don't guess it. Well, yeah. But only yeah. after I've told you what it, it is. It's got a good name, <laughs> so yeah. Well, that's the that's joy of the Kickstarter game. I win either way. Um, cool and Lonely Courage. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's definitely meaning cool in the sense of emotionally controlled rather than fashionable. Maybe it means it in the sense of a fridge. Yes, Russ. It is basically a game of refrigerators as they <laughs> make their way across the Arctic wastelands um, to, to, to face off against their um, evil masters. Or, or this is a shot. It might not be that. <laughs> That'd be a much worse game. Whatever this is. Um, so cool and lonely courage. You say, um, I think this might be potentially a duet game, um, as in one GM and one player, and it's uh, about facing off against some sort of incredible odds, like maybe in the style of what's it. Uh, 47 and a half hours or something, whatever it's called. One of the chaps basically, spoilers, cut his hand off to get himself out of being trapped in rocks or like going around the world. Yeah, something like that. So what this is, is not that. Okay. What this is, is a tabletop story game about the heroic women Mm -hmm. of the Special Operations Executive in occupied France. Nice. During World War II, obviously. <laughs> I don't know why I needed to add that last uh, bit in. But, well, you know. well, well, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> well, that yeah. you weren't talking about MI5. <laughs> oh, occupied France. You might have thought I was talking about the Romans and Gauls or something. That is very true. There you Could go. So there is, there is more than one example of occupied France. Wouldn't that be occupied Gaul? Well, yes. Ah, where's the asterisk <laughs> role playing game? Uh, well, to be fair, it was probably made into a D20 system sometime in the 2000s, yeah. as everything else was. So, there we go. So, this, this does look really interesting. Where are we? This is so, France has fallen to the Nazis. A Churchill yeah. decides to disrupt Hitler's war machine in the occupied yeah. com- uh, countries. Yes. And he forms a volunteer group with yes. one mission, to set Europe ablaze. Yes. Sometimes known as Churchill's secret army, the special operations executive recruits agents from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only place on the uh, Western Front where women train for combat operations. Yep. Uh, co- a game session takes for two to four hours to play. Uh-huh. You need a pack of playing cards, some paper and pens, and this short six by nine inch rule book. Nice, nice. Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a fun game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. How about Gene Funk twenty ninety? Well, that's gonna be cyberpunk, like straight off. Whew. Gene Funk. So. Cyberpunk, but like trying to try and make cyberpunk more biopunk because, like, oh, you could try chrome, try wetware instead. Um, I think it's going to not be Shadowrun because Shadowrun's busy being Shadowrun and trying to be Shadowrun in the face of a sixth edition 
would be a foolish move. So we're probably going to go for something like a Powered by the Apocalypse style jazz thing. Oh, excuse me. A Powered by the Apocalypse style jazz thing. Like uh, the scroll. Powered scroll jazz thing. That's right, yeah. So it's where you roll 2d6 and add some tags, depending <laughs> on how well you're playing your musical instruments. You're a saxophone. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, brass jazz isn't just saxophones. It's mostly saxophones. Um, <laughs> there's a certain amount of noodling around required to do proper jazz. And I think that is, yeah. So, um, storytelling game, probably Fate, Power by Apocalypse, one of those storytelling systems. And it's all about um, telling stories in a world of the you know, nearish future. Uh, which, 2090. Yeah, well, yeah, nearish. And it's uh, less about your cyberware and more about your exciting biotransformations metahumanism. Okay. So what this is, is exactly as you said, biopunk cyberpunk. Yep. But it's D&D 5th edition. So you got, you got the game right, but the system wrong. Right, right. So D&D 5th edition. I don't think there's much more to say about that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's biopunk, cyberpunk, everything you'd expect with that. That's the so, D&D 5th so edition. So as described. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay. It looks like fun. It's yeah, by sure, CRISPR Monkey Studios. CRISPR. Monkey. CRISPR. As like, in gene editing thing. Yeah. And it's uh, called Gene Funk 2019. They got a theme going and they yes. just ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. Okay. Should we do one more? Or have oh, we, well. we had enough? Let's do, let's do one more. If there is one more. Monsters of the Underworld. Ooh. Um, well, that would classically be a sort of Greek-themed um, idea uh, of an underworld. So a bestry describing uh, things that lurk in dark places and are generally horrible. Game system? Ooh. Fifth Ed? So it is fifth edition, but it's not Greek. No, yeah. Uh, so it's just a sort of D and D underground stuff. So yeah. um, we're talking uh, Drow, Durgar, Deep Gnomes, Underdark, yeah. basically. But they yeah. call it Underworld because um, reasons. Yes, because we're uh, allowed to use Underdark. Yeah, uh, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. it includes five uh, E subclasses, random encounter tables, races, mm-hmm. flora. Um, each monster has its own color illustration, stat block, and bio. Oh, it's quite a cartoony style. Oh uh, no, it's that one. Oh, is that one? Oh, okay. That's, 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 that's is that one. something else? Oh, okay. What's that? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, boosted, compatible. Yeah. Fair enough. There we go. Huzzah. Yeah. Right. I think you did reasonably well this week. Yeah. 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 I think the world hasn't ended. You've probably scored something like oh. 60 out of 100, I reckon, in total. Okay. <laughs> Scientifically calculated. Yes. Perfectly yes. calculated. Yes, absolutely. Yes. On the spreadsheet. Indeed, indeed. Um, and uh, thanks to Egg Embry for compiling the RPG crowdfunding column every week on EM World, which is what I use to choose my selections for this game. So cheers, Egg. Yeah, thanks, Egg. <laughs> <laughs> well, what should we talk about now then? Oh, well, the weather's been quite nice lately. Yeah. There's been no news, really, has there? No. I think anything, anything major happened over the weekend? Uh, Nothing really that I can think of. I went to a nice barbecue. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It was a final episode of Game of Thrones. Mm. Yes, yeah. we should talk all about what happened in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Which you haven't actually seen yet. No, I no. read the books. <laughs> oh, um, no. um, I, I, well, this I, book hasn't been written yet, has it? 
Oh, yes, we could talk about an unwritten book. That does sound exciting. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, over the weekend, mm. there was The Descent, yes. which was Wizards of the Coast's giant D&D event in yes. LA, yes. which had lots of um, sort of uh, celebrities and $300 tickets to get in and... Oh. Uh, concerts and musicians and live played games and all sorts of stuff yes going on um and at this event yeah they announced four new products four one that's of which a, was the big new storyline for the year yes oh very exciting well, well what 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 are the other three because i've heard about the big storyline for the year we'll go through them one at a time then shall we how exciting oh yes we should do that first of yeah. all we need to thank somebody though yes because these announcements yes it being wizards of the coast yes. then being on the west coast as far yes. west while remaining in western civilization as you can possibly go with the single exception of hawaii Indeed. So you can't go any further west. Yeah. So therefore, obviously, what you do is you have your announcements at the end of the day. Of course. Just to ensure that for the majority of the entire world, yes. it's in the early hours of the morning. Yes. Yes. That's you don't put it at the beginning of the day. No. You put it at the beginning of the day, like people will be able to actually see it. What? We don't want that. No. Yeah. You want to make sure that only one tiny time zone sliver is able yes. to see your announcements. And that's and that important Hawaiian dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know so, how important so, so, so playing is in Hawaii because they don't have anything better to do, like be outside or go to a beach yes. or enjoy a magnificent living in a magnificent ocean paradise. No, they're all firmly indoors playing D and D. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so these were announced at two o'clock in the morning. Nice, yeah. Uh, it was two o'clock on Saturday morning, yeah, and two o'clock on Monday morning. Two different yeah. announcements, okay, yeah. Both of which were basically end of business mm. in their time zone. Uh-huh. So, should we do them in reverse order of size or chronological order? How would you like to go through them? Oh, reverse order of size. So, the least exciting one yes. going up to the biggest. Let's manage my expectations. Well, it depends on which one you would find the most exciting, though. So, I don't necessarily know. Most true. So I'm just going to guess. So I think the one that you would find, I'm sure you'll find all of them exciting because they are yes, yes. they are all new D&D products. Okay. And you are a big D&D fan. Uh, has been known. Yes, I've seen you licking your books. Uh, <laughs> you must be silenced. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's start Let's start with the smallest, or what I think is the smallest. So it, um, yep. we've got the Stranger Things starter set in front of us here. Yes. How lovely it is. Mm-hmm. Although Stars. rather too expensive over here. So I'm really glad that Shane sent it to us. Like the equivalent of $50. So yeah. cheers, Shane, for doing us a solid. Uh, there is going to be a Rick and Morty one. Oh, nice. Similar kind of gig, I think, basically. Wait, Rick and Morty. In... Oh, no, actually, this isn't as true. I've actually, there's actually a comic book series. Yeah, there is, yeah. By uh, Jim I, Zab, yeah. I have been following it with uh, every sign of enjoyment. Oh, very good. Well, he, uh, he was there uh, um, uh, at The Descent. Jim's oh. the author of that series. Oh, nice. but Anyway, this is this is the... Uh... Well, Patrick Rufus was doing writing for it, so that's how I found out. Oh, was he? It. I thought it was Jim Zub. Well, it can be both. Oh, illustrated by Jim Zub, written by Patrick Rufus, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, that's it. A yes. picture of it. Mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty tabletop adventure game. Tabletop role-playing game adventure. Yeah. Um... So, in partnership with Adult Swim, obviously. We, we, we should probably mention that Patrick Rufus is the chap who wrote The Name of the Wind... Which has been, I think it's fair to say, well received. Hmm. Um, I, I'm just a bit jealous of the fact the first book he ever wrote is so well written. Yeah. 
So this uh, this Rick and Morty box, box set, uh, it puts the uh, characters and weirdness of Rick and Morty front and centre. It blends the world of Dungeons and Dragons with the mad narcissistic genius of Rick Sanchez's power gaming sensibilities and it includes everything a dungeon master needs to channel their inner mad scientist and run a Rick rolling adventure for up to five players, levels one to three. Have you, you're not a big fan of cartoons, so you've never watched Rick and Morty, no. have you? Okay. That, and I think you're probably taking something quite different from what I'm taking from that statement. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, I've seen an episode of it. Yeah. It's not yeah. like I'm completely unaware of what it is. It's just like, yeah, I, don't, but, I, don't, uh, I don't watch it generally. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, the main thing to take away from it is that Rick is not a protagonist. Mm. Well, they are protagonists. They're definitely not a hero. Mm. The same way that Walter White, people say, oh, Walter White's great. No, no. You're, if you're watching that whilst watching Breaking Bad, your moral compass has led you far, far astray. Yes. Or uh, Daenerys Targaryen, for example. Oh, she's right. <laughs> has nice hair. Uh, <laughs> Likes to massacre entire towns. Yeah, <laughs> it's like free slaves, math cars, towns. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some US people might have views on this, but let's move on. Um, yeah, so yes, that's Rick and Morty. So that's yeah, so that's one of the four things that they've announced. Well, I can guarantee that will be being played at the club because some of the guys there are massive fans. Fair so, enough. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely get it without Ooh, a doubt. Yeah. Even if I have to like beg someone to send me a copy of it. Nah. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's not available. Available in the US, starting June. Available yeah. in the UK, 2025. Yeah, that's for the yeah. fine price of 250,000 million pounds. Yeah, because apparently we'll pay that. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Rick and Morty starters it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the next thing they announced yes. was something called the D&D Essentials Kit. Have you seen this? Oh, that, that, rings, that rings bells. I think someone was posting stuff about that on my Facebook. Is this like some sort of um, like duet play for D and D? No, no. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bigger starter set, basically. It's a more okay. advanced starter set. I think is what I'm taking away from this. Right. So what you've got is um, a newly designed rule book. Yeah. But instead of because the original starter set didn't have character creation rules in it, did it? It just had pre pretends. Oh. If I recall correctly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one teaches you how to make characters. Yes. Um, designed to sort of it says to onboard players mm. by teaching them how to make characters. Okay. Um, so uh, it's got a brand new 64-page starter adventure yep. called Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Yep. Um, which takes a, a new D&D party from levels one to six. Oh, it does include a one-on-one rules variant. Maybe that's uh, what you meant. Yeah. 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 Um, which transforms D&D into a single-player game. And yeah. it'll be $24.99 in North America oh. or... £500 in the UK seven years later. Um, it, it's, oh, it's releasing only in Target stores at first in North America on June the 24th. You need, you, need, you need to cut out this amount of salt in your diet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to feel blood pressure, mate. Well, <laughs> anyway, releases in Target stores in North America on June 24th. Yes. And then we'll get it on September the 3rd. Okay, which year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, no, that's nice. Just look what a nice cover there. I, I am liking that. There's a big ice worm, um, and then you've got like some dude saying, "Yeah, we we can totally take that." Hmm. Spoilers. Yeah. It's been it's been what five years since the original starter set. Yeah. So. And then we have got Stranger Things starter set. Ooh. So it's so Rick a, and Morty starter set. Yes. And then this one, they're not calling it a starter set. They're yeah. calling it an essentials kit. Yeah, uh, but it's got an adventure taking levels one to six. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's bigger. pretty good, because yeah. normally it stops at level four, which yeah. is 
traditionally when things uh, start getting good. Mm. Yeah. Right, next one. Next yeah. item on the agenda is... Mm-hmm. Well, there's two, so I don't know which of these two things would interest you the most. Oh. So I am going to go with Eberron. Oh, okay, yes, Eberron. They are announcing an Eberron hardcover. Ah. Oh, they have announced yes. an Eberron hardcover. You, yes, you mentioned... Uh, that there was an Everon hardcover. I didn't know what you were talking about. I just assumed you were just babbling. But no. Well, I was babbling. But I was babbling about an Everon hardcover. Um, so they announced it right at the end of the uh, Descent thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last thing. Yeah. No details, really. They just yeah. kind of closed it out yeah. um, by saying that the final book out this year yes. is going to be a hardcover setting book for Everon. Yeah, well, you've got the Wayfinder's Guide to Everon that's been on... Wayfarers, I think, is it? Yeah, what yeah. Say? Wayfinder. Oh, did I say Wayfinder? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, Wayfarer's Guide to Everon. And that's been out for, like, ages and has mm. been getting the odd update here and there. Mm. And uh, generally seems pretty good. Yeah. So there's absolutely no information about this whatsoever, yeah. other than the fact that it is a hardcover book coming out this year. Okay. Uh, how it relates to the Wayfarer's Guide, I don't know. Whether it's got the same material or different material, I don't know. Uh, I should imagine it's going to be quite similar. It's got a pe- it, They're advertising it with a pair of Warforged right there, mm. so I feel safe to say that they're going to be in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, for everyone fans, that's fantastic news. Yeah. It's interesting that the two new settings they've released, because yes. they did Ravnica last yes. year, and they're doing Eberron this year. Yes. They're both sort of techno-magic-y themed in a way. Yes, that's right. They're yeah. both sort of in the same direction away from uh, traditional fantasy. Yeah, but on the other hand, that's where they have sort of um, intellectual space, because um, everyone can do your classic um, high fantasy mm. sort of jazz uh, of swords about jazz and sword, sword fantasy jazz yeah <laughs> um, it's where you have to play your <laughs> ah you've never heard you've your never magical heard saxophone <laughs> or as we call it the magical bagpipes <laughs> bagpipe jazz for us mm. think of that my friend that sounds amazing it certainly sounds something to listen to yes it sounds if like- only once say you did <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, is this one you're going to pick up then? You would ever on hardcover? Um, I would certainly be interested in it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I do. T- I do tend to prefer homebrewing stuff. Mm. Uh, I think my D and D needs are largely met, but yeah. I mean, it, I could say okay, so it, it mag- magical trains and airships and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but do I need rules for those? Don't how know. often do you, you need rules for those? How often do you fight a? How often do you fight a magical airship? Fighting on the magic airship, uh-huh. very cool. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, there's plenty of stuff in the Dungeon Master's Guide, which mm. gives you some quite decent stuff. So yeah, yeah. well, that was the, that was the surprise an- when they say surprise announcement. It wasn't that much of a surprise. No. I actually put a Twitter poll up beforehand, yeah. wondering what people thought it might be the uh-huh. the end of thing announcement. And my uh, my options were Planescape, yeah, Eberron, yeah, uh, more Forgotten Realms, yeah, Mike Mills popping out of a box. <laughs> <laughs> no Mike Mills being shot out of the cannon <laughs> but uh, what, what actually happened was everyone pretty much voted for Planescape they all thought it was going to be Planescape because uh, of all the other hints and stuff and it turns out it's everyone uh, red herrings abound yeah, yeah yeah so everyone is going to be well they got the Acquisitions Incorporated book coming out this year yes that's a hardcover We've got everyone coming out this year. That's we've already had Heroes of Baldur's Gate. Uh, we've got Ghost of Saltmarsh. That's oh, a yes. hardcover. How can I forget Ghost of Saltmarsh? Yes. It's not like we spent the past month talking about something yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then that leaves just one more item. Oh, yeah. 
one more hardcover, making four this year, oh. which is the most I think. Is that the most they've done in one year? And that's oh, not even counting yeah. all these starter sets. You know what? I think it might be, actually. So also, yeah, because also this year, they've got the Stranger Things starter set yep. and the two starter sets we've talked about today. So three starter oh. sets mm-hmm. and four hardcover books. Oof. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, the, there's a big storyline. Yes. The big, big, big thing, The Descent, the new big hardcover adventure. Yep. Um, we had already guessed it. Yes. We guessed it last week. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, we just didn't know the exact title, but we pretty much guessed what the uh, vague theme was, didn't we? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, after you'd found out it was a Zariel, and we did a trivial amount of Googling. Yes. <laughs> it was like, yeah, so the main thing about Zariel is she descends into a verse and um, gets her head kicked in. Yes. And I was like, well, that sounds like that sounds like an adventure to me. <laughs> um, so this is called Descent into Avernus. Bum, it's bum, called bum. Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus, no less. Oh yeah, weird. Hmm. Well, they did last year. They did two books entitled Water Deep Colon yes. Then Things. Yes. Now it looks like oh. they're going Baldur's Gate Colon Then Things. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, there's some kind of branding oh, going on there that they're working with. Descent into Avernus. Fit in that. Anyway, never mind. Yeah. yeah. So what was interesting was this leaked before the announcement. Oh. Before the event. So there was a Canadian bookstore called uh, uh, Renaud Bray. Okay. And um, they posted a listing for the new book several hours ahead of the planned live stream. Oh, they pulled an Amazon. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Obviously, someone immediately told me. And and, uh, Daryl went live with the article several hours early because, you know, don't want to be the last person to announce it. Yeah, and, it, uh, and now they're blaming you for leaking. I'm sure again. they probably are, but yeah. you know, I guess like, it wasn't us. Re- re- <laughs> reporting stuff that other people have put out there, shocking. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so um, we knew what it was before the actual live stream started, mm-hmm. and we didn't know that much information. But we had yeah. a price, we had an ISBN number, we had a title. Did we have a wait? <laughs> we didn't have a wait. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't have a wait. Ah, oh, that can wait. Yeah. That wait. Yes. Uh, so descent into Avernus. Yes. Let's have a look. Uh, the first layer of the Nine Hells, right. that's Avernus, um, the celestial turned archdevil, Zeriel, yes. is enacting her long-awaited vengeance bum, bum, bum. upon the city of El Turel. Okay. A group of unlikely adventurers have been pulled into the struggle. Okay. So it's one to three, uh, 13 levels. I got to ask, what are level one characters doing in this mess? Uh, they yeah. are starting off in Baldur's Gate. Yes. Mind your own business. Yes. Blitzed in a yeah. world of cruel trick that faces so the start, Yeah, so they start with low-level adventures in Baldur's Gate, mm-hmm. which is a dark and gritty metropolis. Um, and the, the Gotham to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Gotham water, City to yeah. Waterdeep's metropolis. metropolis. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so it's a it's a metropolis, not like metropolis. Yes. Right. Right. I thought I'd check that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so it's coming out in September, September the seventeenth. Yep. Um, there's a trailer for it <sighs> for those that are interested in such things. Yes. And there's a whole load of information here, like loads of it. That is a lot of words you got there. So Chris Perkins said. It's a trip to hell. It's D&D meets Mad Max Fury Road with a bit of Dante's Inferno. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, involves the blood war and the outer planes starting in hell. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, 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 obvious now. Uh, uh, the, the blood, blood war was set up in Warden Kynan's Tome of Foes. And so this mm. has been in, in the works for a while. Okay. So they were dropping hints in there. 
I haven't read Mordenkind's Tomb of Foes, to be fair, so that's probably why I have no idea about hmm. the stuff. But yeah, it's cool, cool. Uh, so Kate Welsh, yes. who's one of the D&D designers, yes. says there will be new character creation options Ooh. for characters from Baldur's Gate. Nice. And Perkins confirmed characters and even groups can have dark secrets. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Ah. Would you like a dark secret? No, that's all right, I've got one. You sure? Oh, I couldn't possibly have another. No? They're quite fat. It's a bit yeah. greedy, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Try, try to cut down. Hmm. Well, apparently, in Avernus, resting and death saving throws have different rules. It's because you're in hell, like, it's all different. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're probably going to make short resting and death uh, less effective. Maybe. I would guess. Less, I less recovery of hit points. Well, it could be that you can't die because you're in hell. So something else happens to you. It could be. Oh, maybe you get some sort of fearsome mutation. I don't know. I can see that going over well. Um, there's information on something called uh, Infernal War Machines, which nice. are kind of vehicles. Yes. And the uh, machines in hell are powered by souls. So okay. good characters will have to deal with the moral questions of consuming even evil souls. Oh. Uh, new rules for deals with the devil. Okay. Uh, many characters who are not demons, devils, or corrupt souls. Okay. Um, so there's refugees from other planes who are there because they may have become evil as the plane infects them. Oh. So they made terrible life decisions, ended up in hell, then hung out and became evil. I guess, yeah. Well, you know, when in, when in Rome, do as the uh, uh, Bob Torres do. Hmm. It says that Varial is a final boss kind of thing, according to Kate Welsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a look. A lot of jokes about comparisons to corporate environments. I don't know what that means. Working in office has been uh, considered to be hell. I suppose it's been a long time since you worked in an office. Hmm. If you ever did, did you ever work in an office? I did many years ago, yeah. It's rubbish, wasn't it? It wasn't great fun, no. Has not got better since. <laughs> I'm sure it hasn't. No. Sure it hasn't. Um, the adventure's written with brand new DMs in mind. Oh, nice. And they created a brand new infernal language font for the adventure. Okay. How exciting. Yes. Hmm. I love a good font. Hmm. Yes. Um, there's going to be a tie-in comic series. Ooh. Um, including uh, characters from Baldur's Gate, like Minx and Boo, going to Avernus. Yes. Uh, what else do we have? That's most of it, I think. Uh-huh. Some nice art of Baldur's Gate there. Yep. In the book. So it is. Hmm. Yeah. So how would you rank those four products, then? How, uh, of your level of interest? Uh, my level of interest, I am going to say I'm actually probably least interested in the Avernus stuff. Right. Because... So that's the one I'm most interested in. Absolutely. Like, for me, the going to, like, heavens or hells seems a bit weird because I don't find myself ever getting very invested mm-hmm. in the mythology created by D&D. Mm-hmm. Um Largely because if you look at the cosmology in the back of the player's handbook, it's basically, did you have an idea and put it in print since first edition came out about the Outer Planes? Yes? Oh, well, welcome aboard. We'll stick it in there. It's rammed full of stuff. It's just like, yeah. there's no need for it. Um, it just makes it complicated and bizarre. Unless you're massively invested in it, then it's annoying. But you need the cosmology to be in place. You can't just play the game because so many of the spells require this cosmology to work. Mm-hmm. Um, which I found out the hard way when I was like trying to run a game, my first game, and somebody wanted to play a wizard and they decided, I'm going to be a diviner. 
and look at all how everything works, which meant that they were basically concentrated on breaking my setting. Oh. Which I didn't mean to, but was an unfortunate consequence. See? Stick. Yeah, they ended up playing a warlock instead. I can't help but feel they're a bit disappointed by that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm sort of... So you put a Venus at the bottom? Uh, like, I don't know, I, I'd buy a Venus. I probably wouldn't buy the Rick and Morty stuff. Mm. Like, I wouldn't, I'd only buy it as a collector's thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, the Essentials is less relevant for me. Mm. But I might pick it up for an adventure taking people from one to six. Yes. I do like a good pre-written. Uh, and like, you know, be, I, I'll, I'll see. I'll see. I'm not, I'm keeping my expectations low about Avertness. If it's not a case of you get to like level 10 and then there's one encounter where you're supposed to go up three levels at once because mm. you're fighting them, then I will be more interested because it's like breaking into that like tier three of stuff for D&D is quite hard and that's, I'll be quite interested. Um, and what else we got? We got... Everyone. Eberron, yeah, that that's actually probably the most exciting because I I do like the major princess things. I mm-hmm. I picked up Ravnica, um, and would like to run or play it at some point. Uh, and yeah, I think I'd put Eberron in there. So yeah, that's pretty exciting for me. Hmm. I think my order is, is the exact opposite way around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most excited about Avernus. Yeah. Uh, then the two starter sets. I kind of just like from a collector's point of view. Yeah, because yeah. I'm a bit of a collector. I, you're not first at all about Eberron. Uh, I've never played an Eberron. Um, I've never even owned an Eberron book. Oh, okay. Well, even, well, even going back to third edition, I didn't have one then. So, well, or maybe it's because of my of the GM that I had. Mm. Like they made it have a really strong. I'm sure. It, I'm, I'm sure it's amazing. I'm sure it is. It's yeah. just that I don't have myself a personal sort of nostalgic connection with it at all. Well, this isn't nostalgia. This is like. Three weeks ago. <laughs> well, yeah, but everyone's been around for a while, hasn't yeah. it? It's exactly. Exactly. So, I, I, it's one of those places I've heard of, but I've never actually been to. Yeah. So it was, as it were. So yeah. I mean, I'll pick it. I'm going to pick it up. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. I pick all this stuff up, but um, mm. I don't know that I would probably ever play it. I don't know. Maybe mm. I would. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it depends if you get the chance to play it or whether you have to run it. Yeah, there is I, that. I, I, I could see not running it because you're not invested. Yeah. Being very reasonable. But if someone comes up to you and says, "Yeah, Russ, you want to play some Everon? not going to say no, are you? Depends who it is. Uh, Depends yeah. how much they smell. Oh, <laughs> oh! What sort of horrible stereotypes are you perpetuating, <laughs> perpetuating even, about these? Mm. Depends if I, if I like them or not. That's true. Depends if they're paying me or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just see that last one that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I've never been paid to play D&D, no. Ah, that's living the dream. Mm. Yeah. Well, some people do. Well, they get paid to run D and D. Well, if you're on hey. Critical Role or something, that's when yeah. you're being paid to play it, aren't you? Paid to play. Yeah. Paid to play. Yeah. Better than paid to play by a long way. Yeah. So I've never yeah. been paid to play. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. That's, yeah. that's that's the big announcements for the descent. Yes. Well, um, it sounds like there's going to be a packed and busy schedule. We will, of course, be reviewing them as they come out. Mm. Well, I think we're probably done for the week. I then, think we are. We? Good stuff. We've covered up all the news. Not covered yes. it up. Covered it. We have covered it. Covering it up will be something else entirely. That would be something else entirely. Yes, that would be the opposite of a news podcast. Um, So I'd just like to remind everybody that our Patreon is at patreon.com forward slash Morris. If you could just give us a dollar or something a month, we'd be super grateful. And it means that we can continue to make this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Next week's a special week. Yes. Next week is our 50th 
episode. No, it's not. It's our 51st episode. We cover this already. It's episode number 50. That's right. But it's our 51st episode, yes. Okay. It is. Yes. Okay, yeah. So it's episode number 50. Big week. We're going to have Shane Stacks on. He's a long-time supporter of the show. Yep. And we're going to have Daryl, who is our editor and sound engineer, also on next week. Fantastic. So it's going to be a party. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. My ears hurt. That was awful. The worst. I'm going to be punishing those two for this awful performance. I just have to decide whether to put them both in the Iron Maiden or have them eaten alive by sandwich ants.